Welcome into Jags AM here on Victory Monday. The shows are always better on Victory Monday. I've decided I'll speak for everybody. Um, John, this it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling early in the year. I know you were just talking about it. It's a little bit peculiar at this time of year to be so positive, maybe. Well, it's, it's uh, Brian and I were talking about it, and I, I'll confess I didn't do the research enough to speak that intelligently. Um, but they're 4-2 and two at a three-game winning streak, um, and that means you're in first place. Uh, it's been decades since that. They made the <laughs> yeah, run last year to get into first place. But since you had a game like that, we said, okay, we're going to take early control and feel like we're the team to beat. Uh, Brian, that's been since the 90s. First of all, did you just pay me a compliment and say you, you know, you're not that intelligent to have done the research? Um, it, it wasn't a matter of, I know I it's rare. It's, uh, you didn't mean to, I get it. No, I didn't. It, it, it wasn't a matter, <laughs> you did. It wasn't a matter of intellect, it was a matter of attention. I was paying attention yesterday. CBS threw a, a stat up on the broadcast that it had been 80-something weeks, 82 or 83 weeks, I forget which one, but a long time since the Jaguars had been multiple games over 500. you got to go back to when they were 3-1 and one in 2018. And it just tells you how long this team has been sort of bumping and grinding it out. Three straight wins, uh, you know, and, and two of those obviously, you know, came in London. Uh, this was a difficult week. You know, I don't care what anyone says. Uh, you had to work to get your body back, and, and we all felt it, and we didn't play, right? Yeah. We didn't play in London. You, you get on the plane and come back, and your energy level isn't the same at the end of the day. So, I mean, I thought that was a really important win yesterday. I will say this. There's a part of me that, that didn't feel all that good last night, you know, leaving here, you know, with an uncertainty about the quarterback and the injury. It didn't feel like a normal victory, you know, evening because you're, you know, there's a little cloud here. Okay, is he okay or is he not? We're going to get more information on that this week. We'll hear from Doug later on today, and then Trevor will speak tomorrow. So we'll get some clarity on how serious that injury is. And it's a short week, so and when you're dealing with injuries, yeah. that's always tough. We're going to talk about that. First, we'll start off with our big thing. And big thing number one is a statement win because that's exactly what that was. They came back under tough circumstances playing in London for those two weeks, kind of resetting themselves in a big divisional matchup against the Colts. Now they're in first place after that win. And we heard a little bit about this win streak. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is where we want to be. You know, we're, we're getting better every week. I think that's the that's the most exciting thing is we're getting better every week. We're, we're getting closer. I feel like the momentum and the energy is really rolling for us. And we got to keep that going every week. You know, now especially it's a short week on the road. Um, so it's the same same mindset. We got to make sure we dial in on all the details, get our bodies back for this for this game coming up on Thursday. I mean, now it's three, four days away. So we got to get ready for that one. So it's great that we're on a win streak, as he mentioned, but you know, quick turnaround. So by the time we get to Thursday, it's like you can't even enjoy it that much because we're already thinking about the Saints. You know, uh, give them a lot of credit. Uh, it was not statistically a day that you'd go, well, well they dominated. Look at 37 points, you know, 400 yards. They're coming off 474 yards against a very good Buffalo team. What did they put up yesterday? You know, 238, something just under yeah. 250 yards. But they were opportunistic. They took advantage of, of that. And, John, I, I have a lot of hope for this football team based on the fact that one side of the ball is playing consistent, I think, mm. the defensive mm -hmm. side, and the offensive side still has a ways to go to find that consistency. Well, it, it I get that the offense didn't put up a ton of yards, but as a team, you scored 37 points, and the offense did what it hadn't done in some games, which was to put the ball in the end zone when they, have, when they had the opportunity. So I'm not – I guess I didn't come out of that game thinking, oh, the – Evans was horrible, but I get your point. Well, they just weren't very good on third down. Right. They fell way back and were inefficient on third down again. And that was what I thought. Well, last week, you know, 10 of 18, they had made a major breakthrough. They had found that. When they're consistent on third down, they're really good on offense. Yeah. 
I, I, I thought that they found an identity of sorts in London that I never thought they had last year, which was a, a toughness on defense and a grit and determination, if you will, on offense. Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought they took control of the game early by playing that way. Yeah. So I still think they're that team. Uh, look, the NFL is hard. And it, they won by 17 points. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They swept the Colts, outscoring that team for the season by 27, and you're in first place. And yet there were people angry last night in the inbox. It's a, so, nice, it's a nice change of pace, though. This the means we've made it. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I heard a stat uh, on a podcast this morning. You realize that through six weeks in the NFL, the red zone touchdown percentage is as low as it's been in the last 12 years. I mean, it's just there are a lot of offenses that are struggling to find their way. Defenses have the upper hand yeah. through six weeks. Well, I think what's happened there is offense has gotten so good, and I, th I think a lot of defense has have accepted we're not going to be shut down defenses anymore but we're going to be great in the red zone and keep them out that's the way the league's been going a little bit you know by the end of the season that could not see where it goes but uh by the way my mic was off i guess for the first segment does that mean everybody so missed my awesome start, takes we need more john <laughs> you want to repeat like just rewind talking. it okay <laughs> let's go to our second big thing i'm sure john will weigh in on that i'll take that because Turnovers have been the name of the game for the Jaguars defense this season, and we love to see that from them. Of course, Doug, super happy with the defense so far through the first six weeks. Defense sometimes doesn't get enough credit for that. You know, the takeaways are something that we, um, as a team, talk about. They talk about it as a, as a defense, and, and um, it just it, it, it just shortens the field for your offense, right? And, and um, pass rush again today. There was pressure on Gardner. You know putting in, in places maybe he didn't want it to go. And again, just uh, a great team effort on defense to uh, uh, play the way they did today. John, it feels like it's a different person every week, but then some of the same faces, obviously Darius Williams with third straight pick and third yeah. straight game, Cisco again, Josh with the strip sack. It's everybody. It's, it's a, an effort on every aspect of the defense. I remember a couple weeks ago when we were sort of trying to figure out is this, is this defense really good or not? Um, and I think I made the point, all 11 guys, there's no weak spot. Uh, there's no spot where you say, boy, the, you know, teams can pick on this or teams can pick on that. Um, they brought back all 11. Uh, they brought back the same defensive coordinator. They talked a little bit and nobody paid attention to how much uh, continuity was going to help them. They're a complete defense. They're really good against the run. They're really stout. Uh, I think Doug Bryan, I think he's a little bit frustrated or wants to keep pushing and get the offense better. But I think when he looks at this team's chances overall, I think he's smiling inside saying, all of a sudden we're pretty tough. Yeah. All of a sudden we're a pretty good defense. Um, I mean, press are going to get the offense figured out. You know, I think it's probably his feeling when he's driving in in the morning saying, you know, we're all right here. We've got to stay afloat, and then if we get the offense figured out, we can go on a run and get in with these, uh, with the big guys, so to speak. Well, um, people didn't hear you compliment me earlier, but I'm going to compliment you here. You, <laughs> yeah. you, you called it a few weeks ago. You said, this Jaguars defense takes the ball away. It's what they do. Mm -hmm. This morning, they lead the NFL through six weeks with 15 takeaways, and at plus seven, right, they're number one in the AFC, number two in the NFL in overall takeaway giveaway margin. 
and they were everywhere yesterday. You know, there were three interceptions that were recorded. Devin Lloyd had another one that he couldn't quite pull in with the cast on his hand. And Foye Aluakon made a diving grab at one and couldn't quite pull it in. Both of those would have been tough catches, but they, you could have been... Rayshon had one taken away by the... Right. I mean, it could, have, it could have been so much better for the Jaguars, worse for Gardner Minshew in the Colts. This Jaguars defense is playing at a really high level now. I mentioned earlier, you know, a little worried about the quarterback and want to find that out. A little worried about Tyson Campbell and the hamstring injury because when Monteric Brown was in the game in the second half, Michael Pittman had a field day. They just went after him. I would think he might be better if he has to practice this week, getting more reps, even though there's very limited reps. Uh, But that's that's a worrisome spot, too, is Tyson Campbell is a star on your defense. As good a player as you've got. You need him on uh, on the field for you. That could be a point of concern. Obviously, hamstring injuries for that position when they're running linger. around a lot, that can linger. And there's not a ton of depth there. Braswell's on IR now, so yeah. what they're going to do exactly, we'll have to see. And ouch is our final big thing of the week. There were several injuries in the game, none bigger than Trevor Lawrence. We don't know the severity of that just yet, but he did talk post-game about how he was feeling. Yeah, I just felt something, you know, just some discomfort in my knee when I went down. I don't know if it was twisted or landed on or what. Um, so I kind of felt it right away and then kind of put a little pressure on it. I realized I can get up, so I was just trying to get up and get off and get off the field. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's all it was there. And we're not going to speculate to that, but we did see Trevor walking around. Um, he spoke to us post-game. You know, if it's really severe injury, sometimes they skip that. So um, if he's not able to go this week, it's a short week. So this could be a chance where, you know, there's several injuries on this team, Campbell as well, where can they get right in co- – two, three days. I'm going to lay out because that's my hot take. Sure. Well, uh, Thursday night games, not all of them, but they are often a matter of a couple of teams trying to patch things together, not only medically, but game plan wise, energy wise. And they're often sloppy 17 to 16 games where you wonder how in the world this team will, you know, uh, Doug's pretty good on Thursday games. Yeah. I think they'll figure out a way to keep it simple and, and have a chance. But a lot of times they're these kind of games for this reason. Because if you get guys kind of nicked up, yeah. that's what you have to go do. If you ever wonder what the NFL is about, it's about the money. Because Thursday sure. night games bring a billion yeah. dollars to the equation, to the bottom line for players. And it's why they don't complain too, too much. But Man, it is really difficult. Again, especially coming off of London, coming back, playing a game, going there. It is really difficult for a team to be able to play on a normal Thursday with just two or three days to get ready. But the money says we do it, and so they do. They're going to do it. I have no idea what to expect, though, in Thursday Night Football. We'll try to predict that for you. But coming up, we're going to go over the highlights from yesterday's win over the Colts. Stay with us. You can sign up your furry friend for the Jaguars official four-legged fan club for pets presented by Forever Vets Animal Hospital. Your pet will receive access to exclusive merchandise, events, sweepstakes throughout the 2023 season. You can visit jaguars.com slash promotions slash four-legged fan club to sign up today. We are back. It's Victory Monday. All things are well. So we're going to look at some of the highlights from the game yesterday because there were a lot of them and things went really well for them. And at least on defense, they got everything together and the offense looked good at points as well. We're going to start out with that drive early on their first score. Brenton Strange setting up the touchdown to Travis Etienne because we love we love it when they can do it in multiple ways, right? 
Strange is probably mad at himself that he didn't get into the end zone. You can see right there because he's like, oh, that was my opportunity. He'd get one later on, but then ETN to run it in from there. And ETN has just been the MVP so far this season. He has just such a consistent football player. There weren't a lot of holes yesterday, especially after Brandon Sheriff went out. But the way he hits the hole and the, and the coach said they were going to get him to go downhill. And I thought he doesn't look like a downhill runner to me. He does this year. He certainly turned the page and just adapted to what they need them to be, John. It's like he looks completely different at times, depending on what they need from him. Well, he had some runs uh, yesterday that really exemplified what he's trying to do, being more patient, not always trying to go for the big play, the first second of the play on the fourth and one sweep, but I've shown that later, but he clearly waited for his blockers, well, was patient on fourth and one, which is hard to do because every instinct is to go after it. Again. I thought that first drive said so much about this team. There have been games early on where the Colts go down and threaten. Maybe they give up a touchdown, but certainly the offense, in a lot of games this season early, you're down 3 nothing. the offense stalls, punt, and then all of a sudden it's 10-0. Yeah. To come out and just really have a will-enforcing drive on that first drive. Trevor said it after the game. He thought that really set the tone and said, hey, you guys can do that. Well, we're that kind of team, too. Uh, well, I thought that said something about the team. Well, it was a statement drive because the Colts chewed up eight and a half minutes in 16 plays, yeah, and the Jaguars yeah. came back with seven and a half minutes in 13 plays and ended up with a touchdown on top of it. It said, okay, you, you, you got your time on the field. Now watch what we do. And they, they had to go for it on fourth down, right, because they couldn't right. convert on third, which is a bugaboo for this offense still. Uh, but they got it done with Travis's run. And, and at that moment, it's like, okay, they got this. And I got a lot of uh, – Early in the season when fourth and one or a fourth and go for it didn't work, I got a lot of complaints. It was amazing. We love it now. How many <laughs> people like that? We love that? it now. Awesome, Doug. Yeah. You know, it, it, <laughs> that's how it is. Good sometimes you kill the bear, Brian. Sometimes the bear kills you. Uh, I'd like to say good plays are ones that work and bad plays are ones that don't. That's very, very true. Doug always seems to go for it, so he ends up dealing with some of that criticism. But when it works out, he looks really, really smart. Let's go to ETN's second touchdown of the day. It was very quickly after that first touchdown, thanks to his friend Josh Allen creating that strip sack on the other side of the ball. And I mean, Josh Allen's playing about as lights out as you can for, I know we talk about this every week, but it's like every week he's doing something else. And well, let me just tell you, right before the snap, okay, because it was the first snap of the drive, CBS put up a, a stat that said that Bernard Ryman was fourth in the league, the first year starter at left tackle, fourth in the league in pressures allowed. Well, so guess what? They were, they, were, they were pumping him up, and then here comes Josh Allen, and just relentless. Boom. There was some stat, too, and I didn't see uh, the whole thing, but basically laying out that Josh Allen leads the league in pressures and uh, had a higher pressure percentage yesterday uh, going against Raymond than any player in the league. Uh, he's a game wrecker right now. Yeah, he's, he's, he's playing really well. To me, he's playing like he always has, except now he's getting that extra second in the sack. And I talked to him last night and I said, it's all about finish. You said it in August. He said, and I'll be saying it in December. This year, I'm finishing on every play. He's going to earn that paycheck. I know that much because he looks impressive every time he touches the football, and he feels like he touches the football every time he's out there on defense. And, of course, this leads to ETN just finding his way around. Uh, I know we talked about him waiting for his blocks. Sometimes he finds his own way there, though. You can just see as that play evolves, and we're going to see it again. When you see that much space around Travis ETN, you're like, well, he's going to score. Look at that. Look easily, at how much room easily. there is. He'll find a way. He's just so, he's so good. He's better than I thought he was going to be. Well, he, he's better. He's tougher. 
Um, he's also tougher to bring down than you would think for his size because he has a way of positioning his body so you never really get like a good first hit on him. I don't know if he breaks tackles as much as he bounces off would-be tackles. Right. That's but, what it looks like, but, yeah. but it it's the same result. And uh, yeah, I'm with you, Brian. I, I, I thought he would be good. I thought he would be complimentary. Right. I, did I didn't too. think he would be the guy. Dewey told me last week that Jonathan Taylor is a slippery runner. You just never get a chance to get a good hit on him because he can, what they call, flip his hips and turn his body at the right moment. Well, that was, that was what ETN did on that play. So he's running like Jonathan Taylor does. That's saying something because Taylor's an all-pro. Dewey is Andrew Wingard. Uh, Brian and, and Andrew on a first nickname name. Basis. Nickname basis. So. Well, does, is there <laughs> another player in the locker room who you can – you don't have to use his first name, and everybody knows who he is. Well, it was always the Jags, so he's got that right, going for go. him, that of course. Everybody knows to it. Um, let's look at Cisco's third interception of the year. He seems to be having his hand on the football as well every single time, and he's very sure-handed when it gets thrown his way, and he creates those turnovers, and we discussed this a little bit because there's so many takeaways for this team. With a team that's struggling on offense, give them extra possessions. That's got to help out a little bit. Well, I'll tell you what, especially with you got an offensive line that's struggling right now with injuries, Walker Little, Brandon Sheriff, to have a defense that can give the ball back in short fields, right? Mm -hmm. And if you have to play, I'm just guessing here, if you have to play with C.J. Beathard on Thursday night and you give him short fields, no problem. All right. I like to hear that. Let's move on quickly. Uh, Trevor to Kirk for their touchdown. That was a good little situation. I think they talked a little bit about it, uh, just a preview of sounds of the game. They talked a little bit about how they had been working on something similar in practice and they obviously their connection is just, you know, it's similar to Calvin when you're just like kind of give him the eye and then he knows what to do just to see that set up there. Well, it's a big moment for Trevor. Uh, he saw something on film this week that indicated that play would be there. Uh, he talked to Christian about it. They, they decided what they were going to do and then it worked. Uh, as he said, it doesn't always work when you think you see it, but to have it pay off uh, a little easier to spend those extra hours in the, in the film room when you've seen that success. Uh, it could be, in the long run, an important play for him. Not that he doesn't do it anyway, right. but seeing it, being able to apply it, uh, that's pretty cool. Those are the moments that he'll remember after the season. I just, we're getting used to Trevor making really good throws. That oh, was yeah. an excellent throw. I mean, he hit his back step and just let it rip. Um, not every quarterback in the league can make that throw like he does. And the trust there, obviously, to make that catch as well was good to see. Let's do Rayshon Jenkins' interception. He got that first interception taken away because of a penalty, but got his hands back on the football and got another one. Got his chance to celebrate. I don't know if we have a name for it. It's the Jack's jump, the bank leap, whatever we're going to call it after when he jumps into the stands. But... I mean, Rayshon's kind of someone we don't talk about, but he's been playing amazing too. Listen, after 2021, you're thinking, how long do I have to pay this guy $9 million to play safety? Then last year, he comes up with two of the most iconic, you know, defensive plays in franchise history. And you're thinking, how long do I get to pay him $9 million to play safety? Because he just comes up with big plays for this football team. His energy level, John, it, to me, that's what he does for this football team is he has them play to match his intensity. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, really defense in the NFL is like this across the board. He really exemplifies it. At safety in, in the secondary, you are going to give up some plays. Um, he, I think, sets the tone for the defense in the sense that if there's a bad play, the next play, he's going as hard, doing his assignment. And that sounds easy, but it doesn't always work that way. Yeah. 
you know, you give up a play and all of a sudden your energy level goes down, you get down on yourself. This defense last year when it wasn't a very, very good defense, made big plays at key times. Uh, Rayshon sort of exemplified those big plays. He's a good player. Cisco's a good player. Darius Williams is getting better. If you're going to be a good team and be there at the end, you got to have guys who maybe you didn't talk about before the season. Yeah. There's a bunch of guys in this team like that. I, I, I won't confess to, or I will confess to not knowing every safety tandem in the league, but if there's a better tandem than Cisco and Jenkins, I'd love to see it because the way they're playing. Last year, they led all safety tandems in passes defensed. This year, they're intercepting the ball. They're coming up strong against the run. I, maybe there's a better safety tandem. I don't know. Right now, I'd nominate them. Absolutely. We love what we've been seeing from them. And sometimes that old adage of on defense, if they're not saying your name, it's a good thing because you're shutting down everybody that's coming or all the balls that are coming your way. Our final highlight is going to be Brent Strange getting his first career touchdown in the NFL. He almost had his touchdown in that first um, drive, but he came up just a little bit short and ETN got the score. But it's cool to see Trevor spreading the ball around. I mean, he always tries to find whoever's open, but it's it's nice to get the tight ends. Involved. If you remember ETN's first touchdown in London last week, um, there was a beautiful seal block by Strange on Jordan Phillips, who's 340 pounds. And you, you could just see the pride that the kid had as he came off the field because that block really set ETN up to get around the corner. So the question was asked last week in a, in a news conference, you know, how, how long until Brenton Strange gets more involved and then this week they get him involved? It, it, he's a talented young player who has a lot of upside, John. And by the end of this season, I think you'll see a guy that you really like. Look, we're so impatient these days, know. and know. you know, I've seen stories about why well, the Jaguars' draft class isn't. A, we're six games in, yeah. um, and they're rookies. We have to remember that, right? So, uh, this guy is already a good player, meaning he's a really good blocker. Remember the Tank Bigsby play at the beginning of the season? Oh, yeah. Carry Tank in. I'm telling you, had, what he did to Jordan Phillips last week was epic. He's a really good blocker already. You're seeing what he can do on this play. He has the athleticism to do this. In this offense, when you've got 75 skill guys who are all good, Brenton Strange is not going to be a, a, a huge factor all season in the way that Ingram is because how many balls do you have to go around? Not that but he started showing yesterday what he can give you as a wrinkle. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying fans have just been killing Brenton Strange, but the ones who have need to get off his back because he's good. Well, here's something. Draft day we talked about. Uh, Brenton Strange and Tank Bigsby. Mm -hmm. Second and third pick, right? Second and third round picks. Guys who would have a role in the offense, we're starting to see that now. Uh, Tank's got a, got a master protection, but he has upside on the field just like this kid. If by the end of the year these two guys have a package, each one of them have their own, uh, then this offense will really be playing well. Well, Tank's issue, obviously, is going to be it's hard as a coaching staff to find ways to get ETN off the field right now. Well, I'm that's not so taking the ball out of his hands. That's right. true, but just talking to guys, you know. Oh, he'll be he there, no he doubt. He hasn't mastered protections yet, and it's tough to have him out there with the quarterback, especially with the offensive line not playing as well as it has. Unfortunately, at the point that the team is at now with drafting, you can give them the time to figure that out. It's not Supposed just, to. you're not throwing yeah. them in there trying to figure it out on the fly. They have the ability now with the way the roster is put together. Stay with us, we've got hot takes coming up after the break here on Jags AM. from 5 to 6 on October 24th. Again, you're going to want to head to Publix and E-Town Parkway in Jacksonville on Tuesday, October 24th from 5 to 6 to meet members of the Jaguars. Also, today's show presented by Magellan. Move the freight, move the freight. Magellan Transport voted the coolest office space in Jacksonville. You can apply online at www.magellanlogistics.com. 
back here on Jags AM and we're ready for some blazing hot takes. Brian, you had one. You didn't want to spoil it ahead of time, well, but please share with us now what people, your hot take is. People might have figured this out, uh, but I would err on the side of caution this week and I would sit injured players. Uh, now, look, if the quarterback comes out, you know, we find out today, no problem. You know, just stuck the knee in the ground. It felt wrong, but he's fine. Well, then play him, right? But it's your third game in 12 days. It is a non-conference game on the road on Thursday night. You've got two starting offensive linemen that probably won't play. Maybe a starting corner that won't play. My thought is, sit them all. The Cleveland Browns found a way to beat the mighty San Francisco 49ers yesterday with P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker as their starting quarterback. They did it with defense. They took the ball away. You know, put a game plan together. Put the guys in that have been working hard, you know, on the practice field. But take this opportunity to give all these guys two weeks to get ready for a conference game against the Steelers. I would err on the side of caution. And if it's even a question, I would sit them all this week. Yeah, I think for the most part, they will. Guys like Zay Jones and Walker Little. Uh, Brandon Sheriff, Tyson Campbell. Yeah, I, I would do that before I would do it with the quarterback because the quarterback gives you a shot. Um, it's so tough. It, it's just a matter of really how we're guessing that we is. don't know. Can he protect them himself will be is always the gauge you use. Uh, so I, I, I agree to a point, but, but they basically do that anyway. If a guy is going to be marginal and can't protect himself, they won't play him. You're not going 15 and two, right? I mean, you're not winning the rest of the, of the games this season. You, you probably have four or five games you know, that you lose this year, even if you're a really good team. So I'm willing to sacrifice and, and, and take my chances with my backups. Again, you know, watching how the Browns got it done yesterday with their defense, I, I think you could be in a good spot. I just, it's the quarterback, obviously. I mean, everybody else, but it's the quarterback in particular. And um, we'll find out what the doctors say. We will. We'll have some more information coming up later in the week. So we'll have a better idea and what we can share with you guys on Wednesday. John, what's your hot take for well, us this week? I feel like I've probably used this hot take already. So but maybe it's lukewarm, but it's now. important. Look, every time you say the defense is good, and then you sort of go and they play well and everybody's like, oh, well, oh, 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 wow, look at the defense. I'm surprised. Well, I guess it's time to stop being surprised. <laughs> These guys are good. 42 turnovers in 23 games under Caldwell now. Um, it's what they do. Uh, they're an effective pass rush, and they use it all the time when they rush as a team. Uh, Josh Allen is the star, but these guys pressure the quarterback. They affect I think they're going to be better when they get Devon Hamilton back, and Smoot's going to help that. Um, so until they show us different, it's really two plays, two miscommunications against the Texans that are the only really flaw on this defense's resume this year. These guys are good, and I don't see any reason why they won't be. Look, in the NFL, you get 17 games. The defenses, they're going to have a couple of games where the offenses just roll because the league's set up that way right now. But I think, this is, I think this defense will play very, very well winning football 13 or 14 times. Listen, uh, they're number one in the AFC in run defense, number three in the NFL, right? They are giving up 75 yards on the ground. They're second in yards per rushing attempt at 3.5. That, that is winning football. When you do that and you force the opposing quarterback to throw 55 right. times, I was reading last week. You're going to get two or three up. There was a reporter who covers the Colts who made a prediction, and I get it, predictions start conversation, but he thought that the Colts would run for 200 because they had more time with Jonathan Taylor and more time with Zach Moss. Well, there was no way they were going to run for 200 yards. None, because this Jaguars defense is that good. 
I bring that up because obviously the rest of the league is slow to catch on that this defense right. is legit. It is legit. I think sometimes defenses don't get the credit they're due because you look at the box score and they're like, oh, they allowed 20 points. Oh, they allowed this. But it's like when you're creating turnovers right. like that, right. Listen, that's more that's more valuable in my opinion. In the league, they're number three against the run. Really super impressive. I think they're 12th overall because their pass defense isn't very good. But when you stop the run and you force teams to throw, right. like the Bills and the, the Colts are coming from behind. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the, the Falcons. The last three games, you've shut down the run and you've forced teams to throw to try to play catch up. Well, you're going to give up some yardage. That's the way the league is set up. Yeah, out of, out of the 12th, you know, when you rank 12th, means you're giving up a lot of yards or yardage. In one category or the other. Well, think about how many of those yards have come in chunk plays with the Jaguars leading by double digits. At the end of a game. Almost yeah. all of them. A bunch against the yeah. Bills, uh, which the Bills stuff, I'm not discounting it, but it, it, it was still in sort of protect time. Yeah. Uh, they're a good defense, and if a lot of the yards they get up the last two weeks, you can't watch those games and say the defense played poorly in those games. So they're a good defense five out of six times this year. Yep. All right, for my hot take, I'm going elsewhere in the division because I think the Texans are going to be trouble. I know we talked a lot about the Titans always have that in them, but they really haven't put much together at least a third of the way through the season right now. C.J. Stroud is still on an amazing pace. He did throw his first pick of the year, but he didn't rattle him. He came right back through two touchdowns through, I think, 199 yards and got the win over the Saints. And I think for this team to be able to do what they're doing, D'Amico Rines is amazing in his first year as a head coach. He's clearly bringing that tenacity that they need. And yes, they're overachieving at this point, but that's the trouble. And obviously, with that loss to them we've had earlier in the season, they worry me a little more than I thought they were going to at this point in the year. Yeah, me too. Um, C.J. Stroud is an effortless passer of the ball. I mean, he's just so gifted. They don't have a lot of down-the-field weapons, but he makes the most of what he does have. And D'Amico Ryans has a defense that's not all that talented, right? Uh, but he's got them playing at a very high level. So as long as they stay close, C.J. Stroud gives them a chance to win, and that means they'll be in this thing longer than I thought they would be. Yeah, if you're the Jags, you I mean, it's sort of, of course, John, you want them to lose a couple and, and get a little bit of air between you and them because you've got to go there at some point. Yeah. And if you go there you know, playing with a one-game lead, then all of a sudden you're playing at their place, and if they beat you, they got the sweep. So all of a sudden that becomes a really pressure game unless you got a little air with you. Well, and you saw a crack in the armor. The kid threw his first interception, uh, which means the teams are starting to kind of figure out, you know, how they're using him. He'll have other games like that, but you still – they're going to apply pressure. And, you know, that, that's probably a good thing, right, for this team not to be able to coast – the division title they have to fight for it because they showed us last year they like that right that's that's who this team is so having the the, the texans on their heels uh will make it more interesting for us and more intense for them and that's probably good you know what they like more than that two game leads <laughs> no we gotta fight for it builds character we gotta fight for it but you're right it is just who they are they play better <laughs> yeah under pressure all right coming up we're going to preview what we've got going on in the short week after the break on jags am
Jags fans, if you want customized Jaguars furniture for your home, check out ZipChair.com to browse all customizable options. ZipChair is furniture for fans. We're going to take a moment now to thank JEA's frontline teams for the critical services they provide to this community. Today, we'd like to recognize JEA's frontline team of the game winners and a special shout out and thanks to Crew 155 of JEA's water department. Congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, you're first place in the AFC South right now. Great team effort. Great team effort. We talked about it all week. Talked about continuing that energy that we that we started over in London. We brought it back and had that same cut. Hey, Zay was my Zay was like my my Zen guy today. He was all over it, right? Appreciate it, Zay. Hey, the team is beginning to like really come together as a football team. And that's exciting because this thing, we, we, just crashed, we just scratched the surface, man. We've just scratched the surface on how good we can be as a football team. One, two, three, ready? One, two, three. Doug touched on it right there. First place in the AFC South and it's a short week. So we'll be moving on quickly. It's already Thursday. It feels like I mean, they're right? on a schedule. Yeah, we just are back in the Sorry, days up. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know, today is, is is Wednesday and Thursday all rolled into one. It's true. We'll hear from Doug and we'll try to get some details about what Trevor's injury are, Campbell's injury as well, and kind of what they might be looking for on Thursday. Trevor will speak to us tomorrow as well, so we'll hear from him. And we'll bring you all the latest details on Wednesday here on Jags AM.